On today's episode, I have the privilege of speaking with Yadira Harrison and Shannon Simpson-Jones, which are the founders of an experience marketing agency called Verb. One of the coolest things about their agency is the level of exclusivity about it. It's one of those companies where if you know, you know. They don't do any advertising and they don't publicly promote their services, but they still have managed to become an eight-figure company within just a few years of starting. They have had some of the biggest clients you can think of, like Airbnb, The Barbie Movie, and Netflix. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, the footage you're seeing right now is not them. It is actually their work because I wanted you guys to see how amazing their work was. And so in this episode, we're going to get into how they built this exclusivity around their company while still being able to scale to eight figures and get the level of clientele that they have gotten. So enough of this intro. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Thank you so much for being here, ladies. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course. So, okay, before we even get deep into things, I need y'all to kind of explain more in detail what it is that you guys do, because you have an agency called Verb, right? But y'all, everything is giving exclusive. Everything is giving, like, if you know, you know. And so if anyone Googles you after listening to this, they're not going to find much. So can you explain to them what it is that you guys do? (laughs) (laughs) That is intentional. Um, Yes. Yes. So um, we have a creative agency that's really focused on brand experiences. And part of the reason why it's intentionally mysterious is because our business is by referral only. Um, We work with a lot of really incredible brands in tech, entertainment, and lifestyle to reimagine how people experience and interact with their brand. So um, if you've seen the Barbie dream house with Airbnb recently, we've produced that. We work with um, Netflix and HBO on a lot of different shows and titles. We've worked with the um, Nielsen team for many years on their activation at Can Lions. So it really runs the gamut, um, but always about how people um, experience a brand. And that can be through a very traditional side of experiential, but it can also be influencer campaigns, uh, creator-led campaigns or content. That is so cool. That is like, honestly, that is the coolest thing. I Because I, uh, me and my friends, we always discuss this, like, it, but it's a it's a big to do to put on um, experiences like that. But we've always talked about Absolutely. doing different things like that for our brands. And so the fact that that is like what you guys have dedicated your whole company to doing. I love that. Um, so you guys started uh, you, you all started in corporate and then you met through work, right? Yes. Is that yes. Correct? Okay. Okay. So what made you guys decide to leave corporate and to start this business together? Because that's a whole thing in itself, running a business as friends. So what started that? You know, we didn't, we didn't start as friends. Shannon uh, (laughs) sat down, we, you know, we were strangers. We didn't, we didn't know each other. You know, um, I was already at our uh, previous agency working. And then one day Shannon just kind of showed up a couple of seats down and was just kind of like, who's that, you know, other black woman down there. And then um, we kind of didn't say much to each other. We were on the same team, but um, at the time Shannon was kind of coming in getting acclimated. Um, I was running around. So it was just kind of like, she was there, I was there, but we didn't have any real interaction. And then one day um, I, there was something said about Beyonce and that's just what like popped it off. And it was just like, oh, okay, she's, she's my type of girl. Okay. <laughs> um, and then we were on the same team and building a lot of the same um experiences um at that previous agency and so after about four to five years um of working together and people saying to us like man y'all are so great at this would you ever think to go out on your own and we really weren't thinking to do that um but then some things just kind of popped up and happened and we were like you know what we want to take our fate into our own hands and let's just see what what can happen and we gave ourselves a hundred days to really get out there and figure out what we were going to, what we were going to do. Um, it was like a hundred days to figure out the plan. And then it was going to be three months to like, we, I guess we got our first client and we gave ourselves a hundred day. And on the hundredth day, which really, I think was the third or fourth day into our business, we had three clients and were up and running and moving. So it happened really, really, really fast. Um, but it was all because we just wanted to, you know, do our own thing and have some freedom. Yeah. And I think just so that the listeners kind of understand a bit more, like 
with the type of work that you all do, that is a big deal right out the gate to have three clients because what you're doing is not just like a little a little itty bitty project or like, oh, they're going to run some ads for you or whatever. Like, no, this is something they really have to think through and invest in. And like it, it's months of planning and all this stuff that goes into y'all doing whatever it is that you decide to do with those companies. So I think that that is amazing that y'all were do, able to do that right away. But you guys clearly had some really good relationships, right, with within the industry. So could you kind of explain more how you built those relationships with people and how people that, you know, are also entrepreneurs, what they can kind of do to build relationships the same way? Mm -hmm. Well, it was interesting because those first few clients really came from us sending those typical goodbye notes when you're leaving a job and it's just, hey, here's my info, keep in touch. And so then folks reached out and said, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? And so that's what really led to those first few clients. And I think Yadir and I have both worked in the business almost 20 years now at this point. And um, it's really about connecting with people all throughout our journey and doing really incredible work. And that leaves a mark on people. We're mindful that we don't have very transactional relationships. You know, when you're hitting people up only when you need something or, hey, can you introduce me to first to can you introduce me to someone or can you hire me for this or can you buy this from me? But really just connecting with people when we're at industry events, making time to do lunches and dinners with folks or supporting people in what they're working on and what they're doing and how that can build a reciprocal relationship over years. And I also think that um, people underestimate the value of your reputation. And so even if there are folks that we haven't worked with directly um, at one time or another, as they switch jobs and go other places, that's where so many of our referrals come from, where they've said, oh, you've been on my radar, or I've been waiting for the perfect thing to work with you on. And so those folks reach out when they have an opportunity or they refer us. I mean, our entire business is driven by referrals. And so um we're really grateful for all of the clients and industry colleagues and people that we haven't even necessarily met in person that support our work and see the quality of the work that we do and feel um, proud to share our name in rooms that we're not even in. Okay. That, that is really, I think that that's a really good thing for people to keep in mind. Like when they are um, building out their companies, it's like everything is not always a, a transactional thing in the sense of, okay, right when I meet you, we have to do something right away. It's like, no, mm -hmm. that could turn into something months, years from now. It's like, you have to go into every interaction, every relationship knowing like, okay, maybe one day, but right now we're just going to make sure that we're like, you know, pouring into this relationship, mm -hmm. building a connection, seeing how, you know, we have common ground or seeing how we can connect right now. And then later it turn into something else. Cause like you said, you just never know. People end up at different companies. People end up starting their own companies. People end up mm -hmm. connecting you with someone they meet later. And that can turn into something really amazing. Um, is there anything specific that you do to maintain those relationships over the years? Or is it just like, you know, you kind of just keep up with each other at, when you see each other at an event? Or are you keeping up virtually? Like, how does that look? It's in a whole bunch of different ways. You know, it's it's in that face-to-face -face when, when I'm in New York or she's in LA or when we're, you know, we're at South By, we're at Super Bowl, we're at Sundance, wherever we are in the world, um, just making sure that we take that time and we reach out to people beforehand and say, hey, you want to, you know, catch a coffee, have a dinner, do something of that sort. You know, I stay in people's DMs, people stay in my DMs um, of just mm -hmm. like, just keeping up with people of like, oh, you had a baby. Oh, this thing is happening. Oh, you're trying to date. Oh, I see you have a boo. Like whatever it is of just like yeah. that personal piece of, as well, because it's not just, you know, it's not, we don't want that corporate feeling. We want to get to know you. We always talk about like, we want to make cool shit with our friends. And so when you want to make cool things with your friends, you want to make sure that they feel like friends and like, we're not you know, you're on this side, we're on that side. And it can, that can happen a lot with a client agency relationship. So for us, it's really about all of those different touch points, whether it is IRL, whether it is in the DM, whether it is going to something that they're doing and supporting them, whether it's, you know, they having a birthday drinks or whatever that is, um, that we just always want to show that we're showing up and being supportive, just like they are with us. And so that's really how we continue to like build that and, and maintain that over time. Um, because, you know, you don't necessarily need to hit up somebody 
every single day. But, you know, when you see they're doing something amazing, you want to reach out and say, hey, you're doing great. And even if they're not doing amazing, hey, how are you doing? Just checking in on you. Haven't heard from you in a while. So we make it a point to, it's kind of for us all year long, it's ongoing. There's not like a very specific time or a specific thing. Um, we just pay attention and keep our keep our ear to the street, so to say. Yes, I, I love that. And I, and I wanted to touch on that more because I've just noticed, um, even when I've done other episodes on here about like friendships or whatever, one thing that I feel like, especially us as women, sometimes we can get a bit touchy when it comes to relationships and maintaining them and stuff like platonic ones. And a lot of times people don't recognize that you do have to put forth effort a lot on your and you can't just sit back and wait for people to come check on you or to come mm -hmm. <laughs> see what you're doing and then hold a grudge against them for not doing that it's like the same way you would approach you know a friendship and in, in, in giving into that and making sure that you're maintaining mm -hmm. that friendship checking in on them hitting them up all that it's the same thing with your business relationships and I think that we kind of have to view things different and stop kind of thinking like Oh my gosh, every like like the world is centered around you. No one's thinking about you all the time. You know? No, they're not. No. And and just because you posted on social media about your business does not mean everybody saw it and everyone is thinking about working with you and all those things. It's like, no. You it's a, a lot of times it really is based on favor and based on people just liking you. Like that makes people want to work with you. And so I love that you guys um, explain that in more detail. So hopefully that helps some people connect the dots on like, you know, if they're just struggling right now, getting clients or trying to figure out why is I'm, why am I not doing as good as Shannon? And, you know, it's like, maybe it's because you haven't been, you know, cultivating good relationships and, and maintaining them well. Um, yeah. I but I do want to, oh yeah, go I ahead. I was just going to say, just being, being genuine. You know, I think that people can see through that facade of just like, oh, hey, so, you know, you, there are certain haze that you get in your inbox that you, what they want. Yes. You know, yes. Or the LinkedIn mm -hmm. messages with the, hey, what they yes. want. Yes. So I think that you know, <laughs> genuine connections are important and reciprocity is important. You know, we have one friend who is a master connector, our friend Tiffany, and she has her own agency and, you know, she'll get you on the list. She can get you in touch with this talent, do all these really incredible things. But it's also important that it doesn't feel one-sided. Like we're referring business to her. We've collaborated on projects together. And so mm -hmm. it's not just about taking advantage of the access someone can give you and the network they've built, but it's also how are you supporting their business? How are you supporting their mission? How are you hiring them for projects as well? Mm. Mm, that is so good. Yeah, I completely agree. That is a great tip. Um, now, I do want to go back and kind of touch on, you know, because at the beginning, you just kind of listed all of these fabulous projects that you guys have done. And so I want to kind of touch on that a little bit. <laughs> and I want to know, like when you're working on the Barbie dream house, or when you're working with Netflix and all these big brands, are they coming to you with the ideas of like how they want to execute things or are, is that something that you guys do? Like, what does that process look like when they say we want to do experience marketing? Like, you know, are they coming to you with all these grand ideas? <laughs> it's a combo. Um, you know, I think that the beauty of working with us is um, you can come with an idea that we can essentially make better and make real, or you can come to us and say, we have this initiative. We don't really know what to do. What should we do? And then it's, and we really love to play in that space of like, what should we do? And it's like, okay, let's come up with different pathways and different ways to collaborate, different partnerships, different experiences. Well, how does that look? Because for us, what we always say is it's not, the format can change, right? It's really about what's the business challenge and then how do we solve that? And sometimes that's with an event, that's a summit, that's a festival, that's a, a, a creator campaign. That can be so many different things. And so we really love to play in that space. But when people come to us and say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we would like to do. A lot of times they're coming to us because they're saying, hey, can you reimagine? We're still doing this particular thing, but can you reimagine it? Or we have this inkling of an idea. We know we need to do it on this date. You know, can you plus this up? And so that's really kind of the balance. So we can mm -hmm. kind of go both ways. We, you know, I think we do prefer to have like that open runway to like really let our team just like go and play yeah. and imagine. Um, but we can also do that in a in a little bit of a structure in a box as well and continue to get those same you know type of results. Got it. Okay. And like 
does the time frame range depending on the project or is there normally a consistent time frame that people work with y'all? Mm, yes. <laughs> How, How fast can you go? Really? They come to you wanting it like just quickly. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a common thing right now, especially in the agency world of like timelines are getting, and I, and I, I don't know if it's just agency. I know we feel it um, a lot um, and a lot of agency folks do, but I feel like it's across the board of just the, the timelines of things are just getting smaller and smaller and slimmer and slimmer. People want things faster and faster. And that's because attention spans and, you know, people are just moving on to the next thing, especially in the world of marketing. So for us, you know, we love, we love a runway. You know, we're now talking to a lot of people who were talking about Q1 and Q2 of next year, which is amazing. But we're also talking to people who are like, we need to get something going in a month from now. And it's like, okay, you know, and we can come, we can definitely play in both space, spaces and we like to play in both spaces, but everything is moving super fast at this point. Wow. That is crazy. But I love that for you guys. Like that's, that's amazing to be sought after. And that's amazing to have all of those different options of different projects and stuff. Like I'm sure that it's, it's fun, but also stressful. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Can you give me some examples of like, are, are there other types of experience marketing outside of just events or is it mainly an event thing where people are experiencing, you know, things with their senses? Um, it's, def it's definitely a wide range of things. Um, we've worked on a really interesting campaign with HBO for the show, I May Destroy You. And it was right around the start of the pandemic. And we had initially been talking about an event-based activation. But then when we had to change to accommodate COVID and figure out what should we do differently, we created a host committee of all these different thought leaders and influencers and subject matter experts and created an entire series of content around really interesting topics related to the show. It was um, Michaela Cole's first show with HBO and it had very almost sensitive, touchy subjects. It went from everything from like friendships and drug use to sexual assault and recovery. And so we had to find a really sensitive way to address that. So we used this host committee to create a whole shoulder programming series of content. We did virtual meetups with the host committee where they got to actually meet Michaela Cole. But then they also hosted their own lives on IG talking through different subjects. And we paired up um, different influencers with thought leaders in different areas to talk about the different subjects for um, the series. And that was really incredible. And so that's one example where it was very creator led and influencer led and more of a content focus than solely relying on an event, even though that was our initial remit. So we have quite a few campaigns that were more content focused, whether it was um, fan-driven content. We've done that a lot with Netflix, celebrating their fandoms, whether it was the series finale of Orange is the New Black, or um, they have a compilation event called To Doom, where it's really celebrating all the um, different shows and films that they have on the Netflix platform. And so that's another opportunity where we looked at the fan community and how we could tap into like fan art and the beautiful cosplay folks were creating on TikTok and how could we use that to create a different type of experience with the brand? Okay. That makes so much sense. I love that. That is so cool. So, okay. I know you, Dara, you just touched on um, a minute ago about how, you know, the, it can be challenging sometimes with the timelines of things with what you're doing, but are there any other challenges that you guys have ran into while, you know, building out your company? Because you guys grew really fast. Like, you guys are already an eight-figure company, so, and that is amazing, but I'm sure that comes with a lot of, you know, challenges and uphill battles. So, like, what were some of the growing pains y'all had to experience while building out your company? Um, our first growing pain, because we moved so fast and we grew so fast, was we grew so fast and was moving and then looked up and were like, oh, we're not planning anything for next year. We didn't have a client, a project for like within six months, because we were so like, this is, you know, this train is going to last forever. And it doesn't. And that was the first thing that we had to remind ourselves of like, hey, you still have to get out there. You still have to like do, you know, play that groundwork, you know, continue to like talk to your people, do a lot of that relationship building, all of that, because you need to now continue to maintain the business. Um, the second thing I would say, the second challenge, we call it crazy October where, you know, this happens a lot where it feels like as you're leveling up, your business kind of breaks. 
and it needs to break so that you can start to understand like, oh, we need these things. So we had, I think in the month of October, this was 2019, we had five different events in five different cities. In the same so, week. In the same, some of them were in the same week. So I think one was like the, the week or a week or two later, but it was all around the same time. And at the time we had one corporate card. And so you, <laughs> had, you had everybody like running around doing all this stuff. And it's just like, Every day, I, like, I don't know every day, two times a day, I was calling, like, our bank of, like, yes, somebody is using it in New Orleans. Yes, somebody is using it in Atlanta. Like, yeah. we are all trying to move. And we realize, like, okay, it's, we, have to, we have to level up our finances. We have to level up our operations, mm -hmm. our team, all the things we had to kind of bring in. And then I would say the third, the third time I would say that that's been a challenge is probably right where we are now between last year and this year, where okay, now you have to have operations to have an eight-figure business. You know, you can get by, you know, on a six, seven-figure business. You can sort of get by with, you know, bare bones. But now it's like, now it's time for a true operations, logistics, policies, procedures, all of the things that, you know, for us, we're like, this is kind of why we left some of the corporate stuff. But we're, we're, we're trying to do is define, redefine that and what that looks like for us at Verb. But you do understand why all these corporations start to bring in all of these, you know, heavy hitters and HR and, you know, accounting and all these other different things. And it's not just one person anymore. It's a team of people that need to come in. And so I would say that's right where we are right now between last year and this year, of like really figuring that out so we can lay the foundation to grow to a mega eight figure, nine figure business over the next couple of coming years. That's dope. That is so dope. And congratulations, because that's just such a big deal, you know, as a black woman founder to even grow something to this point and and to still be in business years later, you know, like most people, their businesses shut down after a few years, if if not a year. So y'all have continued to keep growing and you have lots of employees now and the projects that you guys are working on that that. All of that is iconic, like seriously. And I think that if you guys haven't taken the time to celebrate, I just want to celebrate you and say thank you for opening doors for more of us to be able to do stuff that, like what you're doing. And um, I can't wait to see all the stuff y'all continue doing. Thank you. You know, that's a, that's a thing that we don't do or we had to learn to really celebrate because um, we're always looking to like what's next and what's ahead. Um, so we really do appreciate you saying that. And, and it's a reminder for us um, to just continue to think about these milestones and like to take them in. Because a lot of times you can just blow past it really quickly and just be like, yeah, yeah we're we're here and, and not look around and see like how you got here and all the all that it took to to make it. So we appreciate That's that. That's so true. Absolutely. I would also say, too, I was visiting family this weekend and my uncle asked, how's the business? And I'm like, it's going good. And my mother-in-law was like, excuse me. <laughs> I'm just going to brag for a minute. And she was telling him about how we made the Inc. 5000 list this year. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, it just, like, we were super excited. And it's like, on to the next thing. And so I think that there are definitely those moments where it's important to pause and reflect on yes. how far we've come. Um, even as we have our eyes set on, you know, more goals and accomplishments for the rest of the year and beyond. Yeah. And, and that's why I take the time to do that. Cause I know oftentimes when you're in it, you're not, you're not sitting there taking the time to reflect on everything that you've been building, you know? And like you said, you're always thinking about the next thing, but like, you know, every time I've had somebody on here where I can see it, even if, even if the uh, rest of the world is not seeing it as iconic yet, I know we're all going to look back on this and be like, that was a big deal, what you were doing, you know, like, it doesn't matter how you put it, how you how you look at it, reframe it, whatever. That's a big deal that you guys have built this eight-figure company that is doing huge projects, iconic projects that we will remember forever. And you're still going. Like, <laughs> that's huge. So there ain't no telling what y'all are about to do, you know? And I can't wait to see it. So good. Celebrate yourselves, okay? I want y'all to put it on your calendar quarterly that y'all are going to celebrate. <laughs> Even if yeah. it's just a cute little cheers, you know, <laughs> that's all, you know, you just have to take those moments. It's it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. But yeah, now, okay, so 
y'all, as we touched on at the beginning, y'all are very exclusive, okay? <laughs> very exclusive. <laughs> and the girls don't know how to get a hold of y'all at this point to work with you, but they want to. And we all want that. We all want people to be obsessed with what we're building, obsessed with our company and our work, and to want to work with us. So how did y'all create this exclusivity around your brand? Because I know it's intentional, but like, how does that look if someone else is trying to do that? You know, because like, how do you do that? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it, it very much to your point is about being intentional as we are. Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, you know, we in our that hundred days leading up, we were like, you got to get a website. And then we started really thinking about it. And we were just like, to say what exactly? You know, that not one, that not everybody else on their website is going to say, but two, it's just like, we, you know, we're two black women who are in an industry that are really run by, you know, I, white men for the most part. And we we know we're already going to get this, prove it. Like, oh, you're starting your own business. You think you can do this? Prove it. Even though we've been doing it and we've been killing it and we've been winning awards for years and years and years and years and years and just been out here. Okay. Now we're going to bring that energy, prove what to who exactly. And so what we just decided to do was to say, we know our folks, we know our network, and that's what we're, we're going to focus on. And when we're thinking about things like the site or our social media or things of that sort, it's like a lot of that can feel very much of one, fake it till you make it, which it's like, we don't need to fake anything. We have the receipts. We know what we can do. But then two, it's just like putting yourself out there when somebody can interpret that however they like to interpret that. And it's like, for us, it's like, come talk to us. You have a business challenge. You want something that you need done? Talk to us because that's the only way that you're going to know, do we know our stuff? Do we, do we have salt in the game? Can we be a really great partner to you? And it's not going to be because of a picture on a, on a website per se. It's going to be because you're actually talking to us. So for us, it just, it really started from this place of like, we're not going to go down this, this path of like, we got to prove things to people. That doesn't mean that we don't have conversations and we don't need to show you our capabilities and X, Y, and Z, but it's not going to be based off of one photo, one website, one social media pic, one article, one podcast. It's going to be a collection of things. And ideally you're going to do that by meeting us and meeting our team. And so I think for us, we just continue to build off of that and decided like, we like this space, you know, and, and for a while, I think we were like, yes, we like the space. We're not entirely sure this is where we should be. And then we were at Sundance and this woman crawled across a couch, like literally crawl on all fours across a couch in a very crowded activation space that we were producing and says, you're the girls of verb. And we were, I, don't, I, I said, Shannon, you know this woman? And she's like, no, you know this woman? No. She's like, I've, I heard about y'all. Y'all are by y'all are so exclusive. I looked you up. I did all these things. We were like, this is the reaction that we want because this woman is excited to meet us. She's excited to work with us. She's excited to refer us and did three times over in that in an hour span. And that's really why that works for us. And we just continue to go down that path. Mm -hmm. And I would just so, add for other folks, there's there's a few ways to think about it. I think there's um we had the benefit of having a long history in this industry before we started our business. We were probably already at least 15 years in. So it wasn't as if we were starting something new and saying, but don't call us, you know, so we had that advantage in the beginning. But I think if you look at culture overall, there are a lot of times when that exclusivity factor um, builds pent up demand, whether it's drops, artists collabs, you know, that sort of thing, you know, even drops that they do for tickets for events and festivals. So I think that some of it is just about finding what works for you and for your business that may create that air of exclusivity. And paired with that, you have to be able to back it up. You know, you have to be able to provide a quality service. Ideally, you have the receipts, if you will, that we've talked about in terms of your capabilities or your previous performance. Um, so it's not necessarily that we would tell everybody, ditch the website, just put by referral only. That may work for some people as well, but I think it's figuring out what is aligned with your values, what is aligned with your personality. The if you know, you know, is very much our personalities as well. So it fits with our personal brand and it fits with, you know, how we move about the world. Um, but I think for anyone else that is looking for that type of approach, there are a lot of examples 
in culture where people have leveraged an air of exclusivity to create demand. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So basically y'all are just the cool girls, you know, so <laughs> y'all said all that to say like, um, it's effortless. So I don't know what to tell you. No, <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> it did sound that way. It did sound that way. It's like, sorry, we're just naturally like this. So <laughs> no, but that, that really is what it boils down to. It's like, it's, it's authentic. It's not like y'all are trying so hard mm-hmm. to come off exclusive and stuff. It's just like, this mm-hmm. is just naturally how things developed. And that's just us also. Like, that's just our genuine personality. That's just how we've always done things. Like it just grew that way. And I think, that people can see that they can, they can see that it's authentic. They can see that also you do quality work. So it's not a thing of you're just trying to make a whole vibe around what you're doing. Like, no, this is really quality work and we don't have to work right. with everyone, you know, because of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, For those that are trying to do the same thing, you know, if you got it, you got it. If you don't and you're not that girl, then you just, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, I think I think everyone should lean into whatever their strong suit is ultimately, you know, because some people just will not be able to replicate what you guys have done. And that's okay. (laughs) Now, you guys, um, of course, you said that you, you know, you didn't start out as friends, but now you guys are and you (laughs) have grown this business together. What does that look like maintaining your relationship outside of work? Because I know that can be hard. I've had a business with one of my friends before and we were just like, let's not do this anymore so that we can save our friendship. (laughs) What does that look like for y'all? I think it's different because we, because we didn't start as friends. um, That wasn't like we didn't meet under those circumstances. And we started really as colleagues and built trust as colleagues. And then, built trust as leaders on our teams and then continue to move from there. And then that built into friendship. We also had a very unique situation because our client at the time was Airbnb. So we had to live together in Airbnbs with us and our team. So you, this is when you really get to know people. This is when you get to know like, oh, you like watching Insecure? So do I. You like go hanging out here. You like Soka. You like whatever. Let's go and do things because we're around the world and back again, doing all of this stuff together. So that is really the, the foundation because I have, and we, I think we both have said before, like we've had friends who've wanted to start businesses with us, but there is something of like, you know, it's one thing to be a friend, but it's another thing to be, we work together and like we had to build things together and lead teams together that you just, know, okay, we, we really get down. We have the same philosophies. We have the same outlook, all of those things. Now looking into when we started Verb, you know, we, we talk every day, all day, every day, all, even last night we were like, okay, I'm done. Okay. Bye. And then we got back on a FaceTime an hour later and talked for another hour. And so about <laughs> nothing. And, and so for us, it's like, we really do like each other. I think that's, I, you know, I think that's the key. We have met and seen other founders who we're like, I don't, I don't really know if they get down like that. We spend all of our time together. We spend New Year's together, holidays together. We were just in a, a friend's wedding together. We do everything together and we don't get tired of each other until it's like four or five days of staying together. And then it's like, okay, we now know. And we had, we learned that we we've never had any blow up arguments or anything of that sort, but we do get to a point where we get one wordy testy of like, Oh, she said one more thing. And then we're like, you know what? We're going to go our opposite directions to stay, or we're just, we'll be together. We're just going to be quiet. Like we're not going to, we're not going to do that. And so We've learned that over time, but I think that the true joy of it is that we truly do find joy in each other and we see each other as family. Uh, we're, we're responsible for one another. We support one another personally and professionally. And we know that this, none of this happens without us having a very core, that core center of our friendship of let's like, no, this is a friendship. This is sisterhood. This is family. And none of this will work without, without having that core. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And even though me and my friend didn't continue working together, it definitely did bring us closer because you Mm -hmm. see your friend in a different capacity 
almost in the same sense of like getting married to somebody or whatever, like this is, Mm -hmm. it's a business binds you together. Like (laughs) there's a lot there and you have to see different sides of each other. You have to maneuver a different way. You get to be more real about, Oh, how do you handle your finances? Oh, this is how you move. This is how you know. And it's like, okay, you see each other in a different light. And, but ultimately, yes, like, because of that, because of, you know, seeing the person in all those different lights, you have a different level of bond. And so, and, but also too, like you said, I know my limit and I need my space sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would just add too, I think that there's such a solid foundation of trust between Mm -hmm. us. And we had the benefit of working together for so many years where our livelihood was not dependent on each other. And so mm-hmm. then the transition to building a company together, it didn't have that same type of stress or pressure that I think friends just coming together might experience yeah. where you're just learning how to work together. You're just learning your communication styles. We're really clear about each other's strengths, weaknesses, when somebody's bullshitting and it's like, hey, you need to finish that today. Like we, we just know that, or it's just like, okay, you do this. I'm going to do that. And we'll knock something out at the same time. We, we know when we're both procrastinating. And so I think that we had the benefit of working together for so many years to understand how we collaborate together. And it's very yin and yang that, that translated really seamlessly into our business. Um, And even as we continue to grow, we still understand how to flex that, that dynamic, um, So that's really been a huge benefit for us. I would also say therapy has been great. You know, Yadira was in therapy first and I was like, I see changes. I think I'm going to partake, you know? And so (laughs) us both being in therapy um, has been really great. And I also think our relationship and partnership has benefited a lot from things I've learned in my marriage about trust and communication, vulnerability, accountability, like some of those same lessons that I've learned from being married over the past 11 years, 12 years. I don't know how many it is, but over that time and how that's translated to um, our business and our friendship. And so I think that um, being able to learn and grow together has been really important. Like we're not the same people we were in 2018 and 2014. And so respecting each other's space and place in life and supporting one another, I think has been invaluable to our partnership. Mm, okay. Yeah, I I love that. I absolutely love that. And it sounds like you guys have like this certain level of respect for each other and it's like that is what kind of determines how you maneuver with each other ultimately and I think that's beautiful cuz a lot of times that's what it boils down to, you know? It's like you don't even have the same level of consideration for the other person if y'all don't mm-hmm. respect each other, but yeah. y'all respected each other in the workplace, y'all respected each other when you came together you know, as a team. And so that's carried. I, I see it. Like I could, even in the way that you guys are handling this whole interview, it's like you guys are taking turns and like, it, it's very clear that y'all get along. <laughs> it's not, it's not giving fake for the internet. you know. No. And we still have Beyonce. Like, yes. I think that's a key. <laughs> we still have Beyonce. Um, we still go see her all over the world. Um, that's so it. That Did y'all go see Renaissance? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we just went to Orleans, which was amazing, and we also went in London together. Um, oh. we, were like, we can't wait till July, we gotta go now, right? So we went we gotta go. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love that! I love that. Yeah, bon- Beyonce bonds all of us, like it's just a yeah, black woman right. thing, you know. <laughs> if nothing else will bond us, it's Beyonce. <laughs> Now, okay, I do want to touch a little bit on um, the eight-figure thing again because, like, that's amazing. But I think a lot of times when people get in conversations with business owners at your caliber, they don't know what to ask. You know, everyone always says, like, if you get a chance to meet a millionaire, you have to ask something really good. Or if you get the chance to be mentored by someone like you all, It's like you have to ask something Mm -hmm. really good, but then they don't ask the right questions. And even myself, you know, I used to be a coach. I used to help people in business and stuff. And I just always felt like they were not taking advantage of the moment. Like they were asking very trivial questions that they could ask anybody. And it's like, ask something else. So what would you recommend that somebody ask someone like you if they had the opportunity to 
mm-hmm. you know, be in a space where they could get mentored by you, even if it's just for five minutes, what would, or even what would you, what would you tell your old self to ask you now? I would say, um, I will start with what not to ask is how to get started. Like, Don't ask the basics. You know, there's so many resources out there um, that tell you how to get started and books to read and that sort of thing. And also, if there's someone that you look up to and admire, start by reading what they're reading. Like if they talk about, oh, I've recommended this book or if they've done interviews or they've been in articles, start by checking those things out and then follow up with a question. I think that folks that reach out to us, especially like on platforms like LinkedIn that may not know us personally, but they have a more of a mentor type question. If if it's a follow-up to an article that we've been a part of and they say, oh, I love this article. I heard this interview from you. I wanted to know X, Y, Z. Then we'd be very forthcoming with information. I think if someone just says, oh, I want to get into this industry. How do I get started? Like, yes, we can answer that, but that just feels so basic and it doesn't feel like you're taking advantage of the wealth of knowledge that we would have to offer. Um, I think that asking people about um, some of the, like you said, some of the lessons or things that we might have told our younger self. One thing that I always tell folks, especially on our team, is really that notion of networking across. Like if there's like one thing, it is build your network. And again, not in a very transactional way, but so much of our success especially being a referral business, we can attribute to the relationships that we've built over time. And, you know, there are some of our early clients that are controlling multi-million dollar budgets that started out as coordinators together, you know, bottom up in organizations that we might've worked with 10, 15, 20 years ago that are now the heads of these brands or CMOs places or SVPs of um, different companies that are now hiring our agency. So the networking piece, and then even if they had more specific questions of like, oh, networking feels so generic, maybe deeper questions, but anything that is already grounded in you doing your own research, that is something really excellent to ask someone that you may aspire to be where they are um, because you can get a a richer answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a really great question because I started thinking about what do people not ask us? And it's like, no one asks about the cons, the negatives, or someone says, what's a, what's a moment or a point where something was going left and you probably even thought about quitting and then to, and what did you do to make it go back? Right. You know, and it's cause everybody sees wins. Everybody sees like, you mm-hmm. see, you know, the dream house, you see this thing, you see the ROI summit, you see all the stuff that we're doing, you see articles or whatever. The day-to-day does not look like the wins. The day-to-day is like, it's like everybody else's day. I got a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday waiting on a Friday because I'm still, even when I get to Friday, Friday's not Friday for us. It's like, you're still thinking about everything over the weekend. But sometimes there are points in your business, like I said earlier, where, you know, things might start to break and it's like, wait, is this supposed to happen? Is it? And it's like, we, we now have a really great CFO where it's like, yes, that actually is supposed to happen. But before you know that's supposed to happen, you can it can get really, really tough. And no one ever talks about the cons or the negatives. And what do you do to go back to recentering yourself uh, mentally and emotionally to get back in the business and to really fight for it? But then also, what are the stepping stones of the things that you actually need to do to turn it back around? And no one necessarily talks about that when they talk to us. They want to talk about you know, the things and the outputs that we've done. And it's like, there's so much more to this um, beyond to, to Shannon's saying of just the starting part. You want to know how to really get in, win and build a seven, eight figure business. Talk to me about that. Cause that's really how we're, yes. we're maintaining this. Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree. That was when I, I, leading up until building a seven figure company, the little problems I had were not, they weren't that big. But once I got up there and I started experiencing things, I said, oh, my God, that was when I really needed the mentorship and the advice (laughs) was when the problems hit. It's not when you're like Mm -hmm. trying to build and you think like that's the time to ask questions and like, oh, how did you build to this point or how did you find this resource? No, sweetie. What do I do when I didn't plan for this problem that came up? What do I do when I didn't think ahead? What do I do now that my employees are coming to me talking crazy or what? Like, that's the stuff that you need to be asking about. (laughs) 
Listen. Listen. Yes. How do I, I handle that? that. <laughs> but yeah, that's great advice. So I hope everyone listening wrote that down because next time you're around somebody at a conference that is beyond where you're at, that's what you need to be asking them. Okay. That is the question. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a question I have to ask everyone that comes on the show because it is the wealthy woman show. So what does it mean to you ladies to be a wealthy woman? Hmm. Um, for me, it means being free. You know, when we started this company, that was the word that I had on my mirror. That was the word that we talked about all the time. It's about being free, free to say yes, free to say no, free to go where I want, free to say, to show up how I want to show up, to do what I want to do. I'm an Aries. I'm a, I, I want to do what I want to do at all times. And so to me, that's what being a wealthy woman is. Because, sorry, because when you are a wealthy woman, you have the means and that's just not necessarily just about wealth and money, but you have the means, you have the the knowledge, you have the understanding, you have the care, and then that's backed up with the means to go and be who you want to be. And so for me, that's very much of, um, I'm kind of moving into a new space where I feel like that is what being wealthy means to me and and how I show up and when I show up and all, all things that I'm doing. So I love that question and I had to really think about it, but it's all about freedom. In addition to freedom, there's a couple of things that come to mind, certainly with the means um, access. And that comes in a lot of different forms. I remember when people used to, there was a trend of like, um, you have the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce. And then there were all of these detractors that said, no, you don't. She has help. She has, I was like, well, then I'm going to go get me some help. Then I'm going to have the money to afford the help. And whether that means um, laundry service, whether that means having a nanny, whether that means having the means to hire an executive assistant, I'm going to do what I need to do to get the support that I need to function at a high level. So I think that that's really important. Instead of discounting some of those ways that people are able to achieve more, how can you use that as you know, sort of a beacon of like, okay, that's what I want to go toward. I would also say, um, you know, my husband and I are on a health kick sometimes. And so um, we have these like um, health shots that we take in the morning. It's like soursop and I don't know, all these random concoctions that he came up with. And we just say health is wealth and take our shots in the morning. And I think that expanding what wealth looks like to us and what a rich life looks like, you know, Ramit um, Sethi talks about that a lot where, again, once you get beyond chasing that dollar amount and chasing a certain number of commas in your bank account, okay, what is that? What is it that you actually want out of life? Being able to go to a friend's wedding in Italy and then fly my family out there to join me, that feels like a rich life. Being able to go to see Beyonce and invite some of our friends to just get down here. Like we'll cover the hotel. We'll take care of the tickets. Like you don't have to worry about anything. Just come with us. And so I think that that is what really feels like um, a rich life for us and makes us feel wealthy. Or, you know, we went to see Silk Sonic a million times in Vegas because we love them. And so that having the means to be able to do that really feels rewarding for how hard we've worked to accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. Mm, those were such good answers. I love that. That, And I love the way that you explained it because it's like, you know, people, of course, always say freedom, but it's like, what does freedom really look like to you? Or what does wealth in general really look like to you? And I think that was a great, you guys painted a beautiful picture there. So I love that. Um, so, okay. I know you guys are really exclusive and like really low key, but like if someone wanted to keep up with you, <laughs> how would they do that? <laughs> How can they find uh, you guys on the internet? Yeah, we share, we share, we have, we are trying to, I won't say we do, we are trying to share more on our LinkedIn, um, on okay. our company page. I would say that's the best way to connect with us is on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, sometimes people would just send a generic request or like, I'd love to connect. Mm-hmm. Say more, <laughs> you know, like say why. Say what you do. Like if someone said, Hey, 
heard you on this podcast. XYZ really resonated with me. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I love. Like just a little step further, I think is really important, but on our company, LinkedIn, you can definitely follow that. We share, um, news podcasts you know more about the work that we're doing and that's the only thing linked on our website too but i would say that's a really great way to connect with us and if anybody reaches out like you know we're cool people but oftentimes we'll just get flooded with requests that we have no context i'm like i i don't know her um so i think that um people sharing context is super super helpful because because it it could be a very reciprocal relationship it's like oh you're you're um a graphic designer we need more graphic designers let me introduce you to our ecd or our head of creative oh you build xyz let me introduce you to our production team that's exactly what we need right now so i think that people taking it one step further to introduce themselves um, mm -hmm. when reaching out um, is really helpful i'm usually more active on ig and now TikTok, so people can find me at because yachty because that is just where I do my nonsense and foolishness and where I feel very free. Um, and so a lot of times when folks can't find us on LinkedIn, which is probably the best place to go because there's somebody else also who checks our verb LinkedIn and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but when people just want to like, you know, take it from something super professional, I'm usually there to like do a kiki. So I'm usually on IG and TikTok now, you know, shooting the shit. So people are welcome to, you know, talk to me over there. I'm always open. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you ladies for being on the show. This was so good. And I will have everything they just mentioned in the description. Okay. They're LinkedIn and I'm going to have her Instagram and her TikTok and all the things. And Shannon, I guess you don't really want to share your Instagram, but that's okay. Uh <laughs> I'll share it. I don't post much, but I'll share it. <laughs> but yes, you guys, I will let, let y'all know how to find them. I know it's a little hard, but I'm going to let y'all in. I'm going to let y'all see how to find them. But thank you, ladies. This was such a good conversation. And I hope that the listeners got some value out of this. And we will try our best to keep up with y'all and see if we see one of your activations somewhere and um, continue supporting y'all. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. This was great.